0: George. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? It's Red Fence! It's Red Do your homework! I had some interesting religious experiences in the Bay Area. We went to two different high holiday services. Mm -hmm. One for the new year, which was, I guess, in some ways a little more traditional, Mm -hmm. but also a little more, like, slightly more politicized. In a, in, a, in a very subtle way, but a way that, of course, I'm more sensitive to now. Yeah. And then we went for Yom Kippur. We went to this other service where it's this organization called Jewish Gateways where my take is this: uh, the rabbi who runs it wants to sort of address any identitarian concerns up front, but not so it can be infused into the service in any way, mm. but so that you no longer have any excuses not to come to Torah. Okay. You know, wandering Jews, wandering Jews, non-Jews. Jewish, ish okay. you know, interfaith families, LGBTQ, whatever, you know, yeah. all the, all the labels all that the people, but she, I think her, I'm reading into this, but I feel like for having been there, it was really the opposite of what I expected in the sense that none of that identitarianism was at all inside the service at all, Interesting. and she used to be a synagogue rabbi, she used to have, like, she used to be a rabbi with a, like, because this, they have no building, they yeah. did this all in a tent, which is kind of cool, because it's outdoors, and, uh, you know, in the barrier you can mostly get away with that. Because she, she explained, because obviously there's always new people there, and she explained, you know, how she came, how this project came to be and why she did it. And she said, because when I was a synagogue rabbi, people came to me constantly saying, oh, I'm not sure that I fit here. I'm not sure that I know enough. I'm not sure that I'd be welcome oh. here because of my sexuality or my identity or whatever. Yeah. And so she's like, all right, we're just going to be like, yes. we're going to put on the door <laughs> and literally be open the service with a song, come, come, whoever you are, come, come. Great. So it's like. Yeah. It's not saying that this has no content and that there's okay. no like specific things that Torah says or that uh-huh. Judaism commands. Yes. It's not that. Right. It's that you don't have any excuse. If you want to identify as anything one of these things, you're still you still can come to Torah. Yeah. It's like the inverse. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what this that movement was supposed to be, this mm-hmm. inclusivity thing was supposed to be the whole time. Is that you don't have an excuse. You don't bring it in. I mean, there was like one remark about Hebrew's a gendered language, so you know. But like the idea of like undoing the male terms for God and whatever has been the thing in like Reform Judaism for like since like long before I was born. I mean, that's like, yeah. Nobody even thinks about that anymore. Like, whatever. In in fact, it was led by two rabbis. The other rabbi said, yeah, the pronoun for God is God. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) all right you there sure if
1: we want to go there that's fine i've been hearing that more like people instead of saying like himself they'll be like god's self oh that's nice yeah yeah so it's like all right
0: okay fine like (laughs) how can i explain this with my shitty memory and trying to actually get some of the language right the more overtly identitarian service was not was noticeably less woke to me then the other service, which had this guy come up and talk about how, like, he wasn't comfortable with the word king, and he made this joke, and he was like, well, maybe the word queen, because he was gay, yeah, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, So, like, kind of a very barrier uh, in-jokey, very, okay. like, <laughs> like, and that's totally fine, but it's like, he's like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the word sovereign. Dude, this is Judaism. This is, like, monotheism where they were hoping for, like, what is the yeah. meaning of monotheism? The meaning of monotheism is the realization that if we all had one god, maybe we'd get along better. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'd organize ourselves better yeah. if we thought there was one That's god so rather cool. than this rain god that harvest god like maybe we would function better it's a psychotechnology it's not I mean, like I mean, a you know it's there's a purpose to it i mean there's no such thing as as like i like just in the way that there's no such thing as a tradition that isn't culturally bound and contextualized yes. there's also no such thing as like a culture that stands still judaism practice today wherever you're practicing it has zero in common with the Judaism of the first or second temple zero because, zero it's it used to be an animal sacrifice religion like the Greek religions. Yes. hello cultural context right yes I mean the whole like is the rabbis even said during the Yom for service we used to have priests we don't anymore because the priest isn't a rabbi another no. right right because remember because the rabbis would walk around and like you know you could there were still there were always right. rabbis but there used to be priests oh. I mean that's that's what you know, Cohen doesn't mean rabbi Cohen meant priest It's like the oh. the, the priest were the one who went into the Holy of Holies once a year And sacrificed the animals and... It's so interesting that Catholicism has
1: priests But Judaism has rabbis They don't have priests Well, because we
0: couldn't have priests Because it right. says, like, the Can't priests be the are Because you don't have a temple right, So, right. like, you know, it's just yeah, part yeah, and parcel yeah. So, like, interesting this idea that there was a more authentic past thing mm-hmm. Where you could be more comfortable with it You know, you would be closer to it It's like, mm-mm it's, it's really interesting, because of all people, right, me going to the state that I call California. me going there and realizing <laughs> that, you know, wow, you can actually take this, there's a way to use inclusivity and in identitarian language to actually do the thing it's supposed to do, which is disarm your resistance. There's a way yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I was like, mm. wow, it blew my mind, because I couldn't, I was I would never have thought that that could be the way it was could be used, or was uh-huh. maybe even supposed to be used. So it's used as, in a sense, an open invitation. Yes, and, and it's like,
1: and now that you're here, now that we're all right, right yeah, now there, we're, we're are, just going to
0: do Judaism. Now we're
1: going to run the script. Of right. Judaism. Now, now we're, we're going to do, do the Judaism. Same
0: liturgy. Right. And of course, like the translation, I don't know enough Hebrew to really tell how much they altered some of the classic, the translation of the classic prayers that you pray on beyond Kippur as a community. You all, you state all your sins. It's like this alphabetical acrostic. In the Hebrew alphabet, there's like a sin for every letter. Oh, interesting. It's really cool. Wow. Obviously, if you're reading the English, I don't know it well enough to know what the Hebrew actually okay. says versus the English they did. Sure. Sure. So, I'm sure liberties are taken. Yeah. There was nothing nearly as political as the comment made during by the rabbi in her, ser- in her sermon at the at the New Year's service where she's talking about like, police brutality. And it's like, can okay. we just please not, A, not go yeah. there, but B it's not just that you insert political ideas. It's like, the statistics on that are, like, wrong. Like, Jordan, if anything, like, George Floyd's mm-hmm. death increased the number of homicides among mm. minority populations because of police withdrawal. Like, oh. the, the statistics are there. Yeah. Like, so it's like, can we please not insert our, these modern civilists of, you know, liberalism into into our religion? We don't need to be specific. <laughs> like, you can say... <laughs> The world still needs work without, right? you know, you don't have to go there. And there's so many psalms
1: that are all about, you know, God help me. I'm being oppressed by Mm -hmm. violent men. Like, Mm you can just pray that and Mm -hmm. everyone can fill in the blanks with whatever particular thing may be happening on their street. It's like, the words are there, but you could all, you could pray them all together without it
0: having to, you know. Right. Yeah. Because, so, I went to services here in our little unnamed town Judaism is not technically a proselytizing religion. Like we don't right. go door knocking. But yeah. then again, neither do Catholics. Correct?
1: Uh I have not yet seen I have not okay. seen the door knocking. But I'm not but sure that
0: that's actually really good. Like proselytizing is proselytizing fine. Yeah. But I feel like there's another word kind of band kind of division that we could use here in this discussion which is welcoming. Yeah. Do you conceive as your community as something that's like a current that's always trying to draw droplets to it.
1: Oh, that's definitely
0: true of Catholicism. Right, sure. and I think that's true yes. of Christianity in general. Yes. Not, so in hindsight, having gone to a services here on Friday and having not experienced at all the orientation of Jewish gateways. Oh, okay. They're just, you didn't feel the welcome? No, just not oriented that way. Like, they're okay. just not, they're not, they're not thinking in that modality because when you do oh. things for newcomers, you, you, I mean, I know you know yeah. this because, I mean, you've. You just converted, so you're a newcomer. So (laughs) like and I've been to, you know, Protestant churches where it's addressed. In some ways, the level of what we could call matter of fact, like, here is what we do, here's what this is about, Mm -hmm. here here you know, you're welcome here, blah, blah, blah. That was very present in this Jewish service, but I wouldn't have been able to articulate that Mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. I had this other experience. Because it was like Oh. Because now you know what it's like when it's there
1: and what it's like when it's not right. there. Right,
0: in a Jewish context specifically. Yes. And I was like, hmm. I was like, that's interesting because maybe what's happening in my life and in, in some sense in the world, you know, like what we kids call the John Rovecki phenomenon, like more people are getting interested in this, like, meaning thing. Yes. Like this, I think there's a Sam Harris thing called Waking Up, like some program that he does about uh-huh. in this vein. Like, I feel like more people are thinking in this space and, like... Yes. I mean, obviously, you have a very different background and you know circle of people to talk to about it. But I think I'm just—I think there's just a lot of secular people thinking about this in ways there weren't even five years ago. Yes, very much so. And so I think what Jewish Gateways is doing is something has to happen where you come to the thing, even if you already know the thing. Mm-hmm. You have to—you have to be welcomed back to the thing that you were already there but you weren't really there. Like, you were there, but not in the way that you need to be there to be there, to do the thing, to have the potlucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you say that in another
0: way? I can try. (laughs) Um, I think that liturgy and prayer and words and tradition, I feel like it's too easy for moderns to say, oh, those people were facile, they believed, they didn't have options, it was just so easy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's totally wrong. Uh-huh. And I feel like if we went back in a time machine, it would be like a lot more similar than we think. Hmm. And what it is, is that the people who wanted to create potlucks and service and like, who realized that you could do a lot more if you were in, like if you were meal prepping together or washing each other's hair, or if you ever had someone wash your hair, like not in a hair salon, like camping or something... I feel like I have my
1: cousin and I have dyed right.
0: each other's hair before, so right. we've done this, right? Because yeah. <laughs> so, what, why that's important is that in a modern setting, it's easy to wash your own hair. That's like the briefest of all parentheses. Uh-huh. We do things for ourselves because it's easy yeah. and it's expected, and those those are related. Yes. But if you have a society where everyone knows that it's easier to do things together. Yeah. Than like... Like cooking. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another thing. How ridiculous is it is that we all cook in our own houses for like two or three or six? I mean, you're an exception. You're on a, you're out there on the uh, spectrum there. <laughs> That's the most inefficient way to do anything is to do it in small batches. Right. And we can only do that because of our modern conveniences. I mean, it would right. be literally impossible. Nobody would ever like light a fire to cook one egg. Right. Like that is not a thing. Right. Anyway. Right. So what I want is... So I feel like that relationship of knowing of this togetherness and this care, this mutual obli- this mindful obligation, I feel like the way that prayer attaches to that is people realized this is tradition. We are going to leverage this to do because we know this does this. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the tool that was given us through this tradition. This is what we have. We're working with it. Well, do you think
1: people consciously were like, I want this effect. This is a good tool. Let's keep using it. Because I have a feeling it's more like... It's not conscious. This like, this is just... But it's this like... Is wh- this is what it means to be this part of this group of people. This is just what we do. And I feel like there'd be more of a... And of course it has this after effect. Right. But I don't think... And I Part of me doubts that people are like consciously like, well, I don't really believe it, but let's pray it because it's really going to well, result in this nice yeah, thing. It's it's not not now, but I feel like... I don't think people would have done don't know if, that in the past.
0: Yeah, no. I'm not saying it's conscious. What I'm saying is... What I'm trying to get at... Is that they were no closer to the tradition of the words they were reading than we are? Okay. Yes. They yes. like they someone who was born in 1800 and someone yes. is born in like 2000 is equally far from the Torah. Yes. Like. Yes. Uh-huh. Let's just go from there. Yeah. And yeah. so the way that you observe is what I'm trying to say is that we underestimate. I think we've misplaced the purpose of the traditional prayer and the traditional gathering and doing those things. Like, we tend to look at it as like, I cannot do this if I do not personally espouse all these things. Mm. And that's just like that's a waste. Yeah. That's I that's that I feel waste. like it's just wrong headed. Yeah.
1: So you're feeling much more comfortable now like going to a Jewish service and praying those prayers without having to feel like do I check off in my mind a belief? All of these things, like, yes, 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 no, no, no. Like, you're not have, feeling like you have to do that anymore. To
0: I'm be. feeling like it's more authentic to go and, like, pray words that have been... People have been praying for all these years and doing all these things with them yeah. than it is to go... It doesn't have to be one tradition either, but a group of people has to harness something. Yes. You can't yoke yourself to... I mean, yoga. Yoga means yoke. Huh. comes from that, that Indo-European root. Yeah. It means union. Oh. Because the idea was stretch your body... Get limber so you can sit down and quiet your mind. Yoga is not a practice to make your butt nice. Yoga is purely a spiritual adjacent. Yes, yes. Yoga is... It's a
1: spiritual practice.
0: It's purely a preparatory practice for your your mind. It's all it is. Wow. Yeah. So, but... So, union. So, union of, like, mind and body is also, like the teacher of the um, Kundalini tradition like wrote this thing about marriage and how like yoga is marriage is the ultimate yoga because you're yoking yourself to someone else for your life. Yeah. Like you're two like pack animals yeah. in the yoke. I mean think about what it, what how yokes were used. Yes. Yeah. For work. For domesticating <laughs> beasts yeah. who like didn't necessarily want to be that close to each other um, but it was essential that they were that close together because otherwise who plowed the field? Right. You want to plow a field by hand it sucks. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's like, it's these things that are like really mm-hmm. big and really important. And to imagine that people in the 1800s were like closer to mosaic times is like, oh, please. You know, it's so yeah. facile. I mean, no. Yeah. So, so you're feeling more of a sense
1: of willingness to trust the people before you and what they've handed on to you.
0: Pray this tradition because it's the tradition you're closest to. Yeah. If you've got to start somewhere.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, you absolutely you can't build a community just based on words. There has to be has to be the things, the other things. There has to be the welcoming and the integration. There has to be all those things. There has to be the shopping. Yeah. I'm afraid right. I'm afraid there has to yeah. be the shopping. Yeah. So, how is your how are you enjoying your consumer choice? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it's interesting you say that because I remember thinking fairly consciously like, "All right, I'm becoming Catholic, and that means I'm sort of like, I'm done doing the choosing. It's sort of like, but you know, my husband and I look at each other and be like, this leap is our last leap, right? Like this is our last We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. It's like, we're not moving again. I can't do that. (laughs) It's very much like that. It's like, we're not moving again, right? We are are coming to this church and then we're done because that's it. That's the kind of place that it is. Right. And, And, and also part of how that works is that, Every individual Catholic church is really just, it's all just teeny little instantiations of the one church, you know. It's in a my hierarchy. hierarchy. So, yes. But so like, but there's a real institutional unity to it. So if my husband goes on a business trip and he's gone, it's its Sunday. He has his, you know, Sunday obligation. He will go to mass at some other church, but it's still his church. And he can go to confession when he's out of town and talk to that priest. And that priest is his father. It's very any any Catholic church it's is It's omnipresent. It's omnipresent. Wow, cool! <laughs> right, and that's and that's so normal for Catholicism. But like that is not how at all my experience of the evangelical world. Every church really is its own little place, and it's their pastor and their church. You could go somewhere else and visit, but you wouldn't be like, "This is not my home." Like that's not my. Pastor. And you're saying I would not be talking to him. You know, this is someone else's place. But you can go to any Catholic church and be like, "This is my church. I'm completely. I can partake of communion. I can go to confession. I can. I don't know how to say it, but like, yeah. So you can't. So like, going to a
0: different Catholic church is not even really a different Catholic church. It's still the one church. If you know what I mean? So you're saying that the the practices, like the liturgy and the and everything, all of those sacraments, every, all of those rituals. You're saying that it can be the same church even if you know no one there. Yes. So it's not always about the same people it's not
1: that's really interesting no, because the liturgy is the same
0: like i mean even if it happened to
1: be in, translated into a different language like what if it's a latin or what if you go to a nigerian service or something the meaning of the words is still the same and the motions are still the same and so you can track with it even if you you know happen to go to the, the spanish mass or whatever you know what's going on and you're all doing the same thing together and you all know you're doing the same mm-hmm. thing together, even if it, it's the stranger next to you in the pew which is, which is a different kind of universalism or, or unity across unknowns that's very, that's very different, it takes some getting used to. Because I've gone on some family trips before, and I'm like, okay, I'm in this town, let me, like, you can Google, like, mass near me, you know, and there's, like, a thing that's like, here, here's here all the masses near there's you. There's an app can, for that? There's an app for that, right? So the Catholics can get to where, and, and then I go, and I'm like, yeah, that was lovely. Like, it's, it's the same.
0: Is there a sense of like when you go to church, your, your, your home church, your, what are we going to call it? Your home home, church. Your home home parish. Yeah. Your home parish. Is there a sense that there's like an extra bonus there because you know people?
1: Yes, there is. Okay. Yeah. And that is lovely. And like the longer we go, the more I start to recognize who people are and, you know, and get more familiar with. The priests, you know, and there's a lot of them. So, like going to confession, I get a different one each time. But I'm starting to get to know, okay, who gives a lot of advice, who's really fast, who's you know,
0: <laughs> what, you know <laughs> do the I want the fast lane yeah. or the <laughs> introspective lane? Right, right. right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and that's a and that's a lovely feeling. And there, there really is nothing like that, to, you know. And I've had, I've had other experiences like that in other churches where I've been able to be at one place for years and years and years, and it's deeply comforting to become really familiar with people. Even if they're yeah. not your
0: friends. It's just like... Oh, That's why you all have so to agree like, if you're going to drive on the Sabbath. Or drive at all. Yeah, or use yeah. electricity. Because, like, you can't yeah. form those deeper things unless... If you don't agree on the basics. That's why this whole, yeah. like, division and thing is so sad. Because mm-hmm. it feels like, are you going to have electricity in your house is a thing that would majorly change your direct life. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. what you feel about this political law or something would be like, can't we just not... Can't we just all agree not to watch the news?
1: Right. Right. And I think that's part of the value of not bringing politics into the church is that then you can have people of all political persuasions sitting next to each other and they don't even know that they belong to some different tribe. Like I have no idea of the political persuasions of anybody at the Catholic Church. It is not talked about. It is not brought up. It's not in sermons. It's in nothing. It's not a thing. I can see people of different races, different ages, different socioeconomic class based on how they're dressed, but I do not know people's politics. and. It's lovely. Yeah. It's really great. But yeah, like, since we're talking about religious feeling, I thought, yeah, I could share a little bit about some of my, you know, my older and also more recent religious feelings. So, I've been Catholic for about six months. So,
0: you're still, like, a baby Catholic? Do you get to to graduate into, like... I don't know if I'll ever be
1: anything but a baby. (laughs) Which kind of feels like a point, but... Um, oh yeah. I so I grew up in an evangelical household. I have been a practicing church-going Christian for my entire life, even during a period a number of years ago when I almost lost my faith, like when it ceased to be plausible, like when it ceased to work. It's like stopped functioning for me. It stopped making sense for me. When my friend died, which we talked uh-huh. about that before, even then I still kept attending. I kept participating. I kept reading books. I kept seeking, even though there was like a whole year I could not pray kind of like losing your voice you're like i can't talk even if i wanted to like i could not pray and i couldn't read the bible like hmm. i hate to use the word triggering but like <laughs> the bible triggered me for like a year i was like i'm not going anywhere near that because every time i read it it meant something awful <laughs> so like i can't i just can't and so i but i kept going to church and i kept going in since going through the motions right even as it even as it, it almost hurt to be in church sometimes and i would feel very cynical sitting in the pew being like oh this is you know, but I still keep going. But when I reconstructed my faith on the other side of it, collapsing, that faith was substantially different from what it had been, and it could metabolize suffering, death, anomaly, surprise, and questions in a way that my younger faith or my previous faith had not. And I and I feel like it gave me like an actual pathway for growing into virtues that my earlier faith had also lacked. Like I understood human nature better on the other side of having, of my faith ceasing to function or do anything for me. And so part of what I realized through that was that suffering, death, anomalies, surprises, and questions can't be successfully encountered solo or in the abstract. You need community, you need tradition, you need ancient practices, and you need embodied wisdom to be able to cope with that. And I found all of those things in the Catholic Church, because I think it's a weight-bearing faith like it bears the weight communally it shares the sense making communally so I don't have to treat my faith like a personal journey and it's not there to fulfill my goals or resolve my trauma or to discover my authentic self like I get to be a tiny piece of a bigger organism I get to be I'm feeling the grace of this like I get to be pulled along like the caboose on the train or like the little kid in a big family yeah, <laughs> Don't forget Kevin at home, you know, <laughs> that's not, it's like a counterexample, but like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I get to be, or like, almost like I'm on a basketball team and I'm like sitting the bench cause I'm no good, but I'm on the team. Mm-hmm. Like I get a, I get a Jersey, mm-hmm. I get to be a part of all the practices. Like I get to be a part of it, but there's no sense that like, this is all on you where you're capable of all these things or you can rise to the occasion of all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm it's a, the group project feeling is Mm -hmm. just very palpable. Mm. And so, so I feel like I'm not in charge. I'm not the, I'm not the engine at the front. Um, so I need to supply all the energy, right? Like I'm not calling the shots. I'm not creating my own destiny. I'm not interpreting and determining everything at an individual level. I'm taking cues. I'm learning the ropes and because I'm small and I'm new and I need help. And so in that sense, like a kindergartner, right. I don't know if I'll ever be anything other than that. Well, why not be like,
0: it's there's a you know, beginner's mind, Zen zen mind, beginner's mind. It's like one of the most famous books about Zen Buddhism. Really? And that's that's a similar thing. It's a similar thing. Yeah. Well, they say like with
1: like a black belt and karate is just beginning. Right. That kind of thing. Like, yeah. They say in yoga, the pose begins when you want to get
0: out of it. (laughs) That's a great line. Secret. definitely not the thing I want in my practice but I mean a valid a, well, you know, speaking it serves of like, the same kind yeah. of thing yeah. well I mean speaking of yoga as the joining one could say like a marriage begins when you want to get out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um. marriage begins when you realize you don't want to get out of it not because you are mm. f- happy but because you realize it would be way too much trouble Oh, <laughs> that's true too like when you decide the easier yeah. way is through
1: not right. out yeah yeah Gosh, I mean, in that phrase, the only way out is through. That was labor, for me. Like
0: that's, oh, what I had. that's labor for everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is labor for everybody. I mean, that's the point. I mean, we don't. Yeah. You know, the, I think we talked about this before. But you don't deliver babies; you deliver the woman. <laughs> deliver the woman of the child.
1: Yeah, no, yes, because she's trailing. And, that's right.
0: Yeah, she must and, and be delivered. She's the one who you want to save. I mean, if the baby lives, great. <laughs> if you lose the mother, you're not going to have the baby anyway. Yeah, because you that's can't true. feed the baby. Like,
1: there's
0: no so, such thing as a baby Yeah, exactly, a baby It's a baby and, baby someone. and someone Well, the ba- a baby <laughs> and someone
1: with milk so along these lines of um, feeling small I, you know, when people ask me about it now, I, I tend to say something to the effect of, I decided that I would rather be a bad Catholic than a good Protestant mm. and so it, I'm sure there's a lot of arrogance in that too, that like <coughs> I had perceived myself as a good Protestant, I felt myself capable of checking the boxes and doing the practices and doing, I felt like I was g- like good at it. I knew what to do. Mm, it was the, familiar. The list, it was familiar. I grew up in it. And also the sense of the scope of what it required of me was manageable. Yeah. It really was. That may not be everyone's experience, but the way that the teachings about grace were framed it just really lowered the scope and lowered the stakes of anything really being required of you. Grace functioned like getting a pass on having to be transformed. And I know that's not what any of the the pastors preaching about it or the people talking about it meant, but on on the experiential level in the pew, that is what grace ended up meaning, was like getting a pass on having to be transformed. Hmm. And so part of my experience then of being like, I want to be Catholic because I I really like to be transformed. And I don't know if I can be, but I'd, I'd like to be the place where, they, where it has happened before to some people.
0: Well, and it's like meditation. <laughs> like, you don't meditate because one day you think you're going to be enlightened. You just show up and try. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're yeah. given a tool, you try to use the tool. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's admirable and I think It's really interesting to me that you use the word load-bearing because one of my other word pairings in our identity versus virtue vocabulary schema is private load-bearing, which I was trying to explain to you because I realize it doesn't make sense, but you just made it make sense. I mean, like, you get it. I totally get it, yes. Because if you build something that's... Because private and public is too weird and too... That that, that language doesn't work anymore. Because yeah. that's not really what we're talking about. Yeah. Especially since a lot of these load-bearing situations are going to be gendered. So public, yes. you know, ruins that a little bit. Yeah. Or obscures that. If we put all this pressure on self-growth, so a lot of people won't ever get there. In a way, self-growth mm-hmm. is a luxury belief. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of people don't have the capacity to overcome their circumstances... By themselves. It, by themselves, yeah. I would actually go so far as to say that most people don't have the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. I just... Because, I mean, that's just not how humans operate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ones who do are kind of dangerous. I mean... Oh. I'm <laughs> of them. I mean, yeah. yeah. You don't want to be too capable, you know? People just right. follow you right off the cliff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah like, something that... Bears weight, like I love that expression. He's not heavy. He's my brother.
1: Oh, and that's just like a wonderful, yeah. That's great. That's, right. like, that's
0: it. That's that captures both aspects of it. It uh-huh. captures the aspect of of mindful obligation, and also the aspect of something undertaken under the context of mindful obligation yes. is not like something else that's yeah. undertaken without those without those obligations.
1: Yeah. Well, that makes me think of those words. I'll probably get them a little wrong from Christ when he says, "You know, take my yoke upon you." My yoke is easy and my burden is light, and it's like I know that
0: line because it's in the Handel's Messiah.
1: It's like, yes. <laughs> so there's a sense of like yoking together, yeah, moving no. in the same direction, right? Yeah. And pulling. It's it's heavy, it's hard, and yet, but but yet it's he's not heavy. He's my brother. It's like, but this is where the love is. This is where the communion is. And when that, when you're yoked with me,
0: he's saying, then
1: right. I'm pulling with you. I got you, right.
0: And yokes are required this. to, like, create productive, like, like I was saying before, if you don't yoke your oxen, you can't plow a field. Like, having everyone wel- running around right. willy-nilly doesn't help. Right. Well, I mean, this
1: it's like what we talked about, about constraints, right? Yeah. Yoke is a constraint that provides the mm-hmm. possibility for this
0: fertile field that can grow right. things. And make sure you have lots of dung. Make <laughs> sure <laughs> you have lots of dung on your field. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
1: maybe I'll share this during mass this morning. I was, I was thinking of something that Jesus says that's recorded in the gospel of John. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. In that case, fruit is virtue, right? It's goodness. Okay. Yeah, it's goodness. And so from my, my very earliest spiritual experiences at the age of 15 was when I had my first, my, my first, I guess, encounter, I guess is the, best way I could call it, like up through my twenties and thirties to my conversion to Catholicism at 42. Like each of those singular experiences I, I have felt, I have felt drawn approached by a presence. Like I felt the realness of someone or something other than me. I felt seen by something, you know, the feeling of being stared at me mm-hmm. feeling like, Oh, I literally had the physical sensation of that, but there's nobody else in the room mm. like, that, it, these experiences in which I felt drawn into communion with God and and each time the result of it was always a deeper love for other people Mm -hmm. like a deeper capacity for empathy deeper ability to care through like attention particularly that that time at 15 I remember being a being freshman sophomore in high school just being totally Mm self-consumed you know that age you are you're just like how do I look and how's my hair and are the boys thinking about me like completely self-consumed and then like I had that experience with God and my first memory kind of like coming out of it was just looking at the other people in the room and just genuinely caring about them and like going back to school the next day, seeing my friends with new eyes, seeing my classmates with new eyes and like genuinely caring about their well-being. And being able to, like, listen and ask questions with actual curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these things that, like... I don't think they're normal for, like, a 15-year-old. And so I've... I've I don't i do not think they're normal honest. for anyone. And maybe they're not.
0: Of any age. I, I experienced
1: that that sense of, like, of, of the virtue of loving other people and desiring their well-being and acting for their well-being as a gift from outside of myself. That was not, like, willpower and, or, like, or virtue signaling or trying to be seen. I just... Cared and it felt like it came from outside and was just put in. In those moments, I felt loved. I felt seen with all my shit and I felt loved. And then the immediate, I can't even say it was an after effect, it was the same thing that happened to me was also then I felt I experienced the capacity to do that for other people. And that is the the word it's
0: capacity. And I think that that's why I think the vocabulary of personal growth is so dangerous Mm. because I don't think it actually captures the most valuable product that is, that people really desire. What people are after is capacity. I think.
1: Oh, and capacity I Capacity
0: for... Because I think it's like you say, I think the experience of being loved is like synonymous with the capacity to love. Yes. I think they're one and the yes. same. Yes. And, and that is why like everybody has to agree whether you're going to drive on the stuff because yeah. like <laughs> if you're arguing about that stuff, the, like, that, that that catalytic that mm. that catalytic conversion of whatever won't work if you're stuck mm. on the particulars but you need to be it's weird because you need both it needs to be very specific but also not hung up on the dumb shit yeah so it, like you have to pick <laughs> yes. your specificity very yeah. you have to sort it out but it is that yeah. cuz i feel like Yeah, that's sort of, that is really what I felt in that room with those women. I felt the experience of like, wow, we have the, we have this instant ability, especially as women, Mm. to just generate the capacity to serve one another. Why are we doing this to spend time learning about triangle pose? We could do so much more with this. (laughs) Yeah. And we can generate it with, for free. Yeah. We can generate it when we just bring what we have. Like, you bring your nail polish. I'll bring my massage gun. You bring your shampoo. We can generate this. Yeah. Without the sort of, like, faux veneer. And in fact, right. we have, not only do could we just generate it in that kind of, like, what we could call a strictly sense, secular way, we would be idiots not to draw on our traditions, whether they be Jewish or Christian or mm-hmm. what have you, but our actual traditions that we yeah. receive from our culture of origin, mm-hmm. we would be idiots not to bring them to the soup too. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. that's what I felt. I felt that's this like, beautiful. this is capacity. Women are desperate for this. We all want this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's gotta be a way to do this without just saying, I reject my, I reject these things because of, there's gotta be a way to do it. You you know, that there's gotta yes. be a way to harness more of the capacity that is so there. Yeah. And it's not like you had... I mean, you were 15. It's not like you had to, like, you know... You didn't have to, like, go live in a convent for a year or something. I mean, right? The transformation can no. be... It's like... You it was can, sudden.
1: I was not seeking it. I felt... It, I was stricken is probably the best word. Stricken yeah. in the middle of a song in a church that we were visiting. It wasn't even my church. I was just stricken. Right.
0: Completely. Yeah. yeah. Out of the blue. And, like... And so, yeah. So, you, you so ask yourself, why are those songs those songs? Why are those yeah. prayers those prayers? because they've been doing that yes. thing. Yeah. They've yeah. They've been doing that thing <laughs> for a lot of different people, and that's why they make people make new ones too, because maybe those songs do that too. Right.
1: Right. I wonder if there if you know, secular people would just be the most superstition.
0: What does superstition have to do with the capacity to love other people? Um
1: I feel like I mean, like superstition is kind of, is a pejorative for like rituals, I mean,
0: actions, words I mean, I, that are
1: not that have lost their savor or their meaning for some people, and so they view them
0: as kind of dumb or like that's embarrassing or right. But very few people really believe that God is up there watching them like with an accounting book, like you know, like even Hialeah says like you know I know God isn't like up there watching me if I eat McDonald's, I eat a cheeseburger.
1: Right. And
0: she says, yeah, like, and yeah. kosher is ridiculous. I hate it. I But, like, I know it's not about that. But she knows that the, her community has agreed on these rules, and she does it because yeah. if she cheats, yeah. she feels it, she sees it as undermining her right. community. But, but even someone is... that religious knows yeah. that there's a difference between the significance of religious observance from the point of view of, like, you know, it's not telling your five year old, God sees you sin. It's not that. Yeah. No, no. But I do think there is a difference between,
1: like, the, the significance of, between sort of, I don't know, ritual or ceremonial rules and, say, like, more, like, moral, like, something that's just a little more deeply rooted morally. Like, there can be, I mean, maybe this is the issue of, like, well, what's more central and what's more peripheral? Mm. Like, which particular song you sing on Sunday? Kind of like, who cares? Or what key is it in? Who cares? Or you know or say you know food rules or something like that seems a little more external but something like i don't know not you know not being prideful or something like the sin of pride like that that's not like i'll oh, take it or leave it you know <laughs> yeah no. you know what i mean like there's there you know and religions have both they have this sort of the i don't want to say trappings because that makes it sound like they're not significant but i don't know There are things that are more at the heart of more at the heart of it that are deeply moral, and then there are other that are, like, moral tool-like. There are ways to express and to facilitate communion and other things. They could be otherwise. They're not. They're this
0: way, so we'll do this. Right, but people don't accuse religious people of being superstitious around moral ideas. They accuse them of being superstitious around, like, you believe that, like, you know, God is up in heaven looking at you, or you believe <sighs> that, you know... I, I feel like the superstition is almost a, the accusation of superstition is almost a deflection of oh we sure. don't want to talk a discussion about moral values oh absolutely it is that way yes it's cheap
1: it's a cop out but it's still one that gets tossed around especially especially I think at Catholics because we have more <laughs> we have more of those rituals yeah you know? we have angels and saints and you know more right in the that Eucharist looks, yeah in the Eucharist right the real presence that get looks askance at right so... again
0: though like aren't those like there must be believers who understand like who can have an intellectual and a spiritual understanding at the same time mm-hmm. like you yeah, know to, to believe but to understand the context of that belief mm-hmm. I mean yeah I don't know I just think I think there's a
1: degree to which maybe some secular folks just view all religious belief as magic Right, like, put it in the category.
0: Right, but then there's the problem of, like, atheists have just as much faith as uh, as Catholics, because if you believe there yeah. is a God and you believe there isn't one, that's two faiths. Right, right. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It it's is. like, if you don't want to have a faith, you better be an ethnostic, not an atheist. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, like... And, well, see, that's an, we could have had that... We could have come at this discussion from that angle, too, mm-hmm. talking about, like, how... Um, how you know new atheism and all? It's like I was never into that. I thought that was really stupid because firmly not believing in God is absolutely a faith. Yeah. But the irony is that it's a faith that doesn't seem to be geared to giving. Now that we've discovered this term, it it, it feels uniquely unequipped to give to give capacity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to give to capacity or to generate communion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which are I guess the it's same the same thing.
0: thing. Yeah. yeah. But you do have to believe, but you, that, that, but see, I guess that's what the the wall we're running up against in this crisis of meaning yeah. is that if secular people, secular people, non-religious people want meaning, then they're going to have to commit to some of that statement of values. Yes. I feel like that's the wall I've run up against. Is it? And I'm, and, and the thing is like, like I was saying to you, it's like, I don't have any problem with values so why would I disavow mm-hmm. a tradition like why would I say that like I want something that's not a religion it's like I don't have any problem with values yeah. it's like
1: yeah
0: and I don't think most people do I think they're just we're in this space now where we're just so scared to like talk about them because god forbid we might offend somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. does that mean are you feeling
1: like you want to reconnect in a more formal way with a synagogue or I don't even know
0: what that means though because I don't know how you get there. I have no problem with the tradition. Yeah. But it's like the tradition alone is not enough. You need you need to like find a way to build the thing that brings you in the the tradition is the tradition, the synagogue is the people in it. You need a welcoming committee. I think churches are better at that synagogue, And a lot of people, I mean, like, this is one of the things that Jewish Gateways does. If you want to educate your, if you want to have Jewish education for your child, you have to take the adult education alongside them. Oh. Oh. Because a lot of people won't, will put, will, will be a member of a, of a temple because they want to bring their kids up in it. Okay, but they don't necessarily. But they, but want it's like because themselves? well, it's like I guess they also were brought up in it as a kid too, right? Okay. But it's like this thing you do because you know you you gotta. It's a box you check for your kid. Why would it be valuable for your child and not for you? What is that saying? <laughs> I don't think it's a matter of like the value orientation, but I think it's like you're focused on giving it to your kid. You're not thinking. What other, what other, like non Jews or wandering Jews or wandering Jews can mm-hmm. can I pull in while I'm doing this for my kid? I okay. think it's, it's not a, it's not a question of meaning. I think it's a question of focus. Oh, okay. Whereas like proselyta- like Christian religions or whether they're just welcoming, maybe there's a spectrum between welcome and proselytizing. Yeah. it's like it's the difference between you can come to us, but and the Jehovah's Witnesses are over here, like we're coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> Them and the mourners and the Mormons, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah, so I don't know what that would mean because what I, I I have no problem with the tradition. I think I want to learn more about it because for mm-hmm. me it's like it's all it's it's into, it's just also just fun intellectually fun yeah. to learn these things. Yeah, but you got to have that other aspect where it's like you're joining. You, you got to have your potlucks. You got to have yeah. your. You got to be in on that. You got to have the. You got to have the community as something that's oriented towards more than i i need to give my kids a jewish education yes. so i'm here to like pass on, pass it along yeah. you have to pass it. it's like one of those things of like the necessary versus the sufficient like um. you cannot have jewish life if you don't bequeath can't have any church life i mean mm-hmm. very few people belong to a church and purposely don't take their kids or synagogue or whatever yeah. that makes no sense right yeah. and the reason that is is because one of the things about your faith is you want to transmit it yes because especially because it's of great, great value <laughs> Yeah. of great value in general, argue, yeah. and argue and in particular, in pr- of particular value to you. Yeah. I don't know how that context here in in our little town, which is not the Bay Area, mm-hmm. would um, would would achieve that, because of the sort of size of the Jewish population and yeah. that those that focus. Yeah. But I mean, I suppose, yeah. like you know, the only way to find out is to either decide to keep trying or yeah. not. So that's really the. The, the, the next step. Yeah. And I I, I but at the retreat my sort of like we did one of these like fire ceremonies where you're like it's very woo, right? Where you like throw <laughs> away like you give yourself something to you like you uh give yourself permission to do something and in order to do that you throw something away. Hmm. Right, that's hindering you the obstacles, right? Okay. Okay. And my thing was I give my self com- permission to be confused. It was sort of like oh. I give myself permission to wander around and not figure it all out.
1: Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, That's a really you've got to wander around. You do. I mean, it
1: might be for a really long time.
0: 40 years, hopefully, That's not. That's
1: right. But, like, Jewish <laughs> of you.
0: Exactly. There's got to <laughs> be a little be bit of desert.
1: For a while, yeah.
0: So, the tradition at um, Simchat Torah is like when you celebrate the Torah, you unroll the whole Torah, which we did on Friday, which I'd never seen done, which mm. was cool. Because you're actually, like, touching it. You're all, like, all the adults are, like, touch it, are holding it up. Between the scrolls, like, you're not touching the letters, but you're just touching the outside. Yeah. The tradition is to read from the very end to the very beginning. So the Torah is like a circle that goes around and around, right? It never ends, right? And uh, it's on a scroll, so that makes it yeah, really yeah. easy, right? So the last part of... I'm going to get this wrong. What's the last book of the Torah? You probably know better than I do. Uh, Deuteronomy? Is it Deuteronomy? Is it Numbers? Is it numbers? Or just yeah. five? Or or is, is it Genesis, it, Genesis Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus numbers, numbers, Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy. Okay. Yeah. So the very end of Deuteronomy is Moses' death. As I'm telling you Tell who about. knows better than me. <laughs> so like you know and and, and they say like right then it, like it's you know a recap that like Moses yeah. was the only person to see God face to face. yeah you know Moses is this outlier right because he's very particular class of one gets to see God face to face and he's also class of one because you know he's this head of this whole tribe but he never gets to go to the land that you know God has have. promised his people. And That's, apparently that happened because like, you know, God was pissed that he didn't have like enough faith in him or something. In case he said something he, like, that yeah, yeah, didn't like, ru Yeah. He said, Can we have water? And it's like you doubt me? <laughs> <laughs> you will not see this promised land. Yeah, but of course, I mean there's all sorts of narratological hard. reasons for that story to exist that way. Mm-hmm. Well, how neat to end and like take the most special like the guy of the Torah. How neat to take make him be the guy mm-hmm. who doesn't get there. Yeah. Like, how reassuring from a, like, I mean, we can't, like, even people who are writing down the Torah, like, or compiling all these stories were probably like, this guy saw God with the, what, what that, could that possibly mean? Right. Already, they probably felt so distant from the, yeah. from the stories, right? Yeah. Where, you know, already, there must never been this, there must always been a sense of distance. Yes. Because it's such a big story, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so how comforting to be like well, if Moses, who saw God face-to-face, didn't get there, well, I guess I could give myself a little bit of, like... Yeah. <laughs> I could contextualize my little wee self here. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: it's It's a good reminder
0: good. that, like... It's good. You can... There's a lot of room for contrasts that make no sense. Yeah, Shortcomings, confusions... Yep. Contradictions.
1: And just sitting with them unresolved.
0: And apparently the last <laughs> letter of, uh... Deuteronomy is like, um, I think the L and the first letter in Hebrew is, um, the B because, because, um, it, it begins with the word for like the, the, literally the title of Genesis in Hebrew is the first word of the Talmud. It's the first word Mm -hmm. that's, they call it that like in the beginning. So it's the book is called in the beginning. So, and so if you take those two letters together, that in Hebrew is like the word for heart. So the the first, the last letter of the Torah and the first letter of the Torah, if you make those a word, it's heart. That's beautiful. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Clever.
1: Yeah.
0: So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Thanks for
1: sharing your story.
0: Thanks for sharing your story.
1: Yeah. I know you better now.
0: Me too. This is another reason (laughs) why we do this. (laughs)